the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Good morning, Tyson. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing well. I, you know, I think I've got a little bit of allergies. I think I, I woke up last night and my, my chest was kind of tight. I'm like, Oh no, I've got, I've got Corona, but I just think I have a little bit of allergies, but I'm, I'm fine. Otherwise though, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We had a good meeting in the guild yesterday. Things are rocking and rolling. We helped our friend John Fisher get some signups for the mastermind experience, which is coming up. And our guest today has been to the the real deal. And so have we. So I was happy to help John spread the word. Yeah. I don't, when, when this one goes live, is it going to go live today or Thursday, or is it going to be after the mastermind experience? I think we have one more. So it'd be after. Okay. Well, if you have an opportunity to go to John Fisher's mastermind experience, I do recommend it. It is very, very good. It's, and we've talked about it before, but it really is good. And it's just people working on your practice. Like you go and you, it's a mastermind. So you go and you sit in a room and you help each other out. It's really, it's a really cool experience. Yeah. And you always get more out of hearing other people's issues. You learn things that you can tweak on your own. So it's always good, but let's get to our guest today. It's a longtime listener, first time caller, Matt Allsbrook, the law dog from Texas. In honor of Matt, Tyson and I have changed our Zoom names. I am the Law Octopus, and Tyson is the Law Tiger. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right, Matt. So, tell us a little bit about you, firm, and your journey. Yeah, the lawyering. Actually, yesterday was my two-year anniversary of getting a bar card. So, I'm 40 years old, so this is a... A second career. I was in the uh, insurance industry for the last decade, and I'm still kind of got a, a foot in the water there. I, I've sold off most of them. I had five insurance agencies. I've sold off all of them except for one. So um, insurance provided me a, a good living. I became an absentee owner in my insurance agencies and stepped away and uh, went to law school full time. Ironically enough. Um, I uh, stepped away as an absentee owner, went to Hawaii for a month to, to see if I could, uh, you know, step away from the business prior to starting law school. And uh, y'all were just mentioning John Fisher. And when I was in Hawaii that month, I did a lot of reading and uh, I read John's book 
And then uh, I read uh, another book by another John, John uh, Morgan. And um, y'all were mentioning the mastermind. And ironically enough, I'm hanging with those two dudes a few months ago in February at a mastermind where ironically enough, a few years back, I was reading their books. So it's just funny how things work out. So Matt, what made you, it's interesting. We've had several people on the show who've been in the insurance world, including my co-host Tyson. Um, talk to us a little bit about what running a insurance agency taught you as far as running a law firm. Biz, I think business is business. You, the, most of the same principles apply no matter what business you're in. You, you've, um, you know, you've got to do marketing. You've got to hire good people. You, I mean, you got to bring in business and, and make payroll and all those, all those things apply no matter what business you're in. I did realize two things now. Y'all know, and uh, you know many many of the the listeners that, that that I've met in the group know I'm a pretty straight shooter. So, a couple of things: I went to law school, and it's not a charity event. I went to law school to make money. So, two things I realized about being in insurance that the insurance checks always cash. So that's why I went into PI because I knew there was money in it. And number two, I knew that. Um, you know, my clients from the insurance agencies didn't always get a fair shake. I mean, um, they weren't always treated fairly when they when it came came time to make a claim. I will say, ninety nine point nine percent of insurance checks cash, but I've had multiple insurance companies go bankrupt in the middle of the claim. So that's just a nice little little warning to to you all. If you if you got some cheap podunk insurance company, you might want to switch because they do go out of business, contrary to popular belief. So you're two years in, Matt. It's not a complete culture shift, but it's a, it's a definite change. You're on the other side of the coin now. So what what's the transition been like? How, how, how's it been going? It's been going great. Uh, you know, uh, I love what I do. Uh, I, I mean, listen to, you know, colleagues in, in my market and, and, and around saying, well, it's not like it, it's not personal injury. It's not like it was back in the, in the eighties or nineties before tort reform. And that may be the case. And, uh, you know, the, there's competition, but, um, just was reflecting on this the other day. I mean, I grew up on a farm, I'm a country boy. So, you know, this is easier work than, uh, hauling square belt hay in, in July and August. And, and, uh, you know, one of the first jobs I had at a, at a high school was a HVAC installer. And uh, this is certainly a better gig than crawling around in attics in July and August in North Texas. Jim, have you ever picked up a bale of hay? Uh, like, have you, ever, have you ever picked up a bale of clover is my question. You ever picked up a clover? I was just thinking about my soft hands and how the hardest job I ever had was walking old ladies from their car to into Dillard. So the answer to all these questions is no, I, I have a hard time cutting the grass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. So two years. Well, that's, I mean, I know it's a second career for you, but I also know that you spend a lot of time on self-improvement. You obviously came up to St. Louis last year for Max Law Con 2019, which is where we met. It was great to meet you. You spent the time and resources to, I know it was tough go to Hawaii to go to John's mastermind. What's your approach to working on Matt? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. And anytime I, I talk to a, a group of people, I, I always want to tell my background. I'm in recovery for drugs and alcohol. And, um, and it wasn't anything that, that my parents did. I come from a, a, a good home. I, 
my parents have been married 50 plus years, still married and you know, the middle-class family nothing, nothing on, on their end, but in, in drug in, in high school, I started dabbling with, with drugs and, and alcohol. And then, uh, you know, I went on a, about a 10 year run of, uh, drinking pretty hard and uh, I was addicted to methamphetamines and, uh, I was arrested eight times. Another reason that, uh, pulled me into uh, wanting to be a lawyer. I, I realized that uh, my dad paid good money for criminal defense attorneys, uh, you know, when I was younger. And um, so I saw that they, they, they made money. I, you know, after I got into it, I realized criminals don't, don't, don't have a lot of money always. So I didn't, uh, I didn't stick with uh, criminal law, but um, you know, about, about a decade ago, I uh, decided uh, it was time to, to sober up and I was introduced to a program of Alcoholics Anonymous and, um, you know, I've been sober most of the last decade. I, I had a, uh, I had a brief six month relapse in, uh, in law school. So I'm heavily involved now in, uh, lawyer recovery in, um, uh, lawyers concern for lawyers and the Texas lawyers assistance program in Texas. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely something that attorneys struggle with. We have, you know, for our profession, we have one of the highest rates of, of, of addiction. And, um, you know, I, I just want to put it out there. If there's anybody listening that's, that's happened to struggle with, with drugs or alcohol or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me and I can get you plugged into some resources wherever you're at. So, and Jim, I want to say, I appreciate your vulnerability for, for telling your story at Max Law last year. So that, uh, Certainly encouraging. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was that was good. It, it hit home with a lot of people, and that certainly is how you and I connected. I remember seeing you as soon as I came off stage, and you gave me a big hug, and that's something I'll remember forever. So, Matt, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, because I think this might be helpful to some of the listeners. What was the the turning point? Like, what made you change your mind? I'm done with all this. Uh, I, I want to move on with my life and get better. Man. I just wake up one day and, you know, hanging around uh, junkies and trailer houses didn't, just wasn't the vision I had for, for my life. And um, I had a girlfriend at the time and um, I didn't want her to leave. You know, you, you, you live that lifestyle that I was living and um, nobody really wants to stick around uh, in a relationship. And if they do, it's because they're as messed up as you are. That's the only reason they're sticking around. So, um, you know, I, I was ready to kind of settle down and I didn't want her to leave. So I decided to sober up in hindsight. And now knowing what I know about the program of recovery, you can't decide to sober up for anybody else, but yourself. I mean, you have to be ready. It's that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I mean, if somebody's not ready to sober up, they're not going to sober up, but, uh, I did and, uh, stayed sober for a little over five years and, um, you know, had a little relapse, but, uh, got back on track and, you know, living a sober life now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So let's, let's change gears a little bit. So talk to us about your setup now with your firm. How does it work? What's your schedule like? What, what do you get most excited about with running your law firm as the law dog? I'll just start by saying pretty much every aspect of my firm that uh, you guys in the maximum lawyer community have uh, 
you know, had an input on. I'm talking about everything I run from pretty much all my softwares and, and everything is, is a direct result of you and the, and the maximum lawyer community. So um, as far as my, my schedule, my morning routine is a, is a huge deal for me. I think that uh, sets me up for a good day. You know, when I wake up, first thing I do is uh, pray and read something spiritual and uh, try to meditate for a minute. And then I head out and my normal routine is to go to the gym, although that's been affected here recently. But um, as with the times and, and, and the word pivot has been used a lot, I pivoted and started, started running again. And I used to, I used to run a lot, but uh, hadn't, hadn't done that in a long time. But I'm up to running three miles a day now. And, um, you know, when I, when I go out for my workout, I usually listen to a podcast or something to, you know, try to make myself better. Uh, a lot of times I'm listening to y'all or, you know, a lot of other different things. I think what you put in, you know, affects you uh, mentally. So try to put good stuff in. So, Matt, you've, over, over the last couple of years, you've been, I mean, you've, you've had to hire new employees. I'm, I don't know if you've had to fire empl- employees. I'm sure you've probably switched case management systems or tried out new softwares, all, all of that. But uh, what is it that you've, you've struggled with the most over the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, all that. Uh, I know, I know you and Jim have talked about it. I don't about the software stuff and to where you're going to commit to using this for two years and not make any more changes. And yeah, so I, I came in and I tried Infusionsoft and Clio and, you know, I've switched and, you know, Lawmatics and Favine and now I'm lead docketing Favine and, and I'm two years. I'm not, I don't need to make any more changes. Like I'm, good with that but um i think i've got a good software stack now and um you know it's testament to you guys and uh the community and yeah hiring and firing that's that's always a struggle you know i think i've got a a good crew now there's four of us in the office i'm the only attorney they've all got a decade of, of personal injury experience so you know truth be told they more they know more about lawyering really than i do and then I've uh, got a couple of virtual assistants. That's okay. I, you know, right now what I'm sh- struggling with is, you know, where to where to put some marketing dollars. I know you mentioned this a few episodes ago, Tyson, that you were finding some good success right now in pay per click. And um, you know, I've tried that in the past with with not a lot of success. But uh, I think I'm ready to to dip my foot back in that water and I've been interviewing uh, agencies on, on some pay-per-click. I'm not a tech guy, so that's not something that I really want to take on my, on myself. But um, you know, I've been interviewing people, but to your point to where it, it may be cheaper in, in your market right now, the cost hadn't really gone down in my market. I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth market and uh, clicks are expensive, but um this is my, what, uh, 24, 25th month since getting a bar card. And, uh, you know, May's going to be my best revenue month since I've swung the doors open. We're going to do about four times uh, the amount in fees this month that our average month is. So, you know, 
as in as in PI, it takes a while for that snowball to get going. But you know, had a had a good truck wreck that's going to settle this month. So um, right now, to to your question, I think I'm struggling with who to bring on to to handle some paper click. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Matt Allsbrook. He's a personal injury attorney from the Fort Worth area down in Texas, as you might be able to tell from his accent. Matt, what advice would you have for people who are struggling right now? People that, like in, even in the PI sphere, what advice do you have for people either just starting their firm or trying to get new clients? What, what's, what would you say? I'd say if you're following your true passion, you're doing what you should be doing. And I'll go back to, you know, what I just said about my morning routine. You know, my morning routine sets me up for the day. It gets me in the right mental frame. So, I, you know, I think um, for me, gratitude is, is so important. Gratitude is such a powerful emotion. And I feel like when I'm in gratitude, it overpowers other negative emotions. It's hard to be pissed off when you're grateful. So we, we, we've all got something to be grateful for. Yeah, you can think about how much business is down and signups are down depending upon your practice area. But if you got up this morning and you were able to brush your teeth with a toothbrush, you can be thankful you got the toothbrush. And when you just when you just scale it back and take take the little things like that in your life that we generally take for granted, stay grateful, put you in the right mental attitude, and I think it sets you up for success. I couldn't agree more. It's funny. So every uh, I've talked about this before. Every, every night at dinner, we talk about, you know, the funnest thing we did to, today and then also, you know, what we're grateful for. And I always try to focus on like the really, really simple things, you know, like doorknobs and, and light bulbs and, and things like things that are like so simple that we just don't think about every day. But it is these are the, these are really, really important things in our lives. And the kids always focus on you know toys and TV and television shows or whatever. That's fine, you know, but I, I'm just trying to convey to them the message, you know, appreciate the, the, the simple things in life as well. But I'm going to shoot gears a little bit. Now I want to talk about the Texas Law Dog and why the branding of Texas Law Dog. I just Googled Texas Law Dog and you're the first one that comes up. So it, it's cool. It definitely comes up. Uh, I, what was the thinking behind all of that? Well, it wasn't uh, a complex thought process. My last name is Allsbrook. 
I've had to spell it for other people my entire life. So the thought of having a domain with my last name was just, was just not going to work. So I wanted lawdog.com, but that was like 10 grand or whatever. So the Texas law dog made sense. I bought it. I actually bought the domain prior to starting law school. So I had the forethought that, you know, I knew when I went to law school, I was going to open up my own shop. So I just needed a bar card. And um, so, yeah, it's that simple. Nobody can spell my last name. So I needed something else. And that's that. I love the way that you're grateful for your bar card and the way you frame it. My clients oftentimes don't ask about getting their citizenship. They just say, I want my passport. I want my passport. So hearing you talk about two years since you got your bar card and all that makes me happy. Matt? Well, I, I, to, to that, I will say I mentioned that I had been arrested eight times. So, yeah. you know, in Texas, they don't they, – they, and I'm assuming it's the same for your state too. They they do a pretty thorough investigation on your background whenever they want to, you know, think about letting you practice law in the state of Texas. So when I disclosed to the board of law examiners that I had been arrested for eight times, they had, you know, some skepticism about giving me a bar card. So I had to, uh, you know, gather up, uh, I had about, I don't know, 15 or 20 lawyers, write letters on my behalf saying that I can be, you know, allowed to practice law. And uh, one of them was the dean of my law school, who was a former federal judge. And his letter was on the top of all those letters. And so we had to go down to the Austin and go before the board of law examiners. And when, and when I presented my packet to the board and the federal judge's letter was on the top, they're like, well, we don't need to see anything else. If judge Ferguson said you're good, we're, we don't need to look at any more of the letters, but nevertheless, they uh, they put me on what's called uh, probation. Uh, so I had a probationary bar card for two years. We're on my two-year anniversary. So I have successfully completed all the things that they wanted me to complete over that two-year period. And I've got the real bar card now. So a really cool time. Fucking A right. That is <laughs> People are going to love this episode. I know it already. This is going to you know, go down as one of our all-time best episodes. A part of that was they wanted me to go to three recovery meetings a week, and one of those being a lawyer recovery meeting. And um, I was already going to over three meetings a week anyway. So that, that along with, um, you know, staying out of trouble, uh, I got one – parking ticket in two years man i was watching my speeding and everything because like a speeding ticket's not a huge deal to the board of law examiners but you just don't want to have to tell them you got in any sort of trouble so man i've been watching my p's and q's so maybe now i can go out and speed and not think about it (laughs) (laughs) so matt tell us about two years from now two years after you have your full bar card what what are things going to look like you know, and I, know, I know we're taking it day by day. I understand that. But I also know you're a man of goals. I mean, nobody nobody goes to law school with eight arrests and aren't an optimist and thinking that things are going to work out okay. Man, I want to I be a big player in the PI market in my space. You know, two years from now, I, I want to have some associates. My caseload, I think, needs to quadruple. I think we, you know, we're, we've done a good job assigning cases, but uh, the number of cases and the and the quality of m- the cases has to improve over the next two years. I was looking at some two years ahead. I've got two years left on my lease. 
I was looking at some options prior prior to this uh, crisis of uh, purchasing a, a commercial building. I don't know that I need. I, I don't know that I need as much space now. I mean, yes, we've done remote work, but um, you know that's something to consider over the next two years. Uh, I've talked to so many attorneys that when they decide to hang it up, you know, at whatever age that is, and they've paid a high rent for thirty years. And then they have nothing to show for that. I just had the thought, well, why not at least buy a building if you're paying the rent anyway? So it's two years from now, that's just, I don't know, something that's been on my mind. I'm just curious, because this is something that's been on my mind for a while too, because buying a building is something I want to do, but I don't know, my mindset has shifted a little bit over the last few months. So what, like, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you thinking that you'll still do that? Are you thinking that maybe a smaller space than what you were thinking? Like, what are you, what are your plans? I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe you haven't fully processed it yet, but cause I know I haven't, but what do you, what are you thinking? I still think I'll always have a brick and mortar office. So for that, I'm going to have to pay rent. So why not make a mortgage payment if I'm going to pay rent? I don't necessarily know that I need as big an office as I was thinking, but I do think whatever I purchase, I want to have space to be able to, to rent out. You know, when I, uh, when I started my first insurance agency over a decade ago, having read business books and such, and, you know, bachelors, and I was getting my master's in business at the time. Yeah, it's important to keep um, expenses low so I bought a duplex and I lived in one side of the duplex and rented out the other and the tenant pretty much paid my rent. That being said, I still ran out of money and, uh, about a year into the business as most small businesses do. Unfortunately, my dad bailed me out. You know, I was able to pay him back later because I actually succeeded in, in, in the insurance business. But, um, one of the things that I've learned, I've still got that duplex a decade later, and now both sides are rented out, and I have that that income. When I'm looking at purchasing a commercial building, I want to be able to rent out space. Now, what's that look like? Does it mean putting a family lawyer or a criminal lawyer in there? Maybe putting a chiropractor in there since I do business with, with those types of people? I don't know, but I do know people always need a space to rent, and Rent money is good passive income, so that's something that I'm considering when I'm when I'm going to purchase a building. I do think that this has changed some things. That this is going to open up the idea to to remote working moving forward. But for me, and 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 I'll speak to my current staff. Yes, we were all set up to work remote, and they all just took their laptops home and and rolled with it. But my current staff, they have young kids, and um, so. Their productivity, even though they have good intentions, is just not as high at home as it is in the office. So, yeah, we're able to track those metrics of tasks completed and this and that. But Dave even admitted to me they like being in the office because they're more focused and they're able to get more done. Now, I think that's a case by case basis. I think, you know, others may be able to get just as much done at home. But um, that's my current staff and, and the feedback that they've given me. So. so, Matt, where do you think things are headed down in Texas in the personal injury space in the next couple of years? I, I don't know. I guess that's, um, you know, if, uh, 
I had that crystal ball, I, I, you know, I might become the, the, the number one player in, in, in my market. I think that's one of the things that, that we struggle with as, as business owners. Where do we, what next step do we take? What risk do we take? What's going to, what next move is going to take us to that level higher that, that we're trying to get with our respective businesses? I, I, I don't necessarily know where it's going at this point. All right, Matt. So we do need to wrap things up. Before I do, uh, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. We also have this little thing called the Guild that we've started, which is pretty awesome. I think it's exceeded my expectations. I don't know about Jim, but it's definitely exceeded my expectations. And then if you don't mind just taking a couple seconds, you can do it while you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. Just Go help spread the love. You, you know what? You don't even have to write the review. Just click the five stars. Okay. That's all we ask. But if you could give us a five-star review and give us a comment, that'd be great as well. All right, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? Yesterday in the guild, Paul Yokobitis mentioned getting a good morning routine system set up. Matt mentioned it today on the show. I'm a big believer in morning reflection, quiet time, not rushing into the day. I try to journal most mornings. I do a little bit of reading as well. As Matt said, it gets my head off, it gets my mind in a good place to start the day. So if the coronavirus or whatever's going on in your life has caused you to bounce off your morning routine, even if you are a night owl and stay up late and get up a little later, still figure out a way to find mental space in your day so that you can sort of set your agenda and I think it'll all pay dividends. Very good. Very good. Matt, what is your tip or hack of the week? I think if you're listening to this podcast, then you're most likely a fan of listening to podcasts. So our mutual friend, Bill, the lawman, you has kicked off a, a podcast and I think he dropped his third episode today. So uh, if, you, if, if you're looking for another podcast, go give him a listen. Most of his, all of his episodes have been less than 30 minutes uh, so far. So give the, the lawman a listen. You're listening to the law, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime that Bill is mentioned now, Jim has to use the voice. So, <laughs> we do need to, we need to have the lawman back on to talk yep. about his new yep. podcast for sure. Yep. All right. So my tip is to reevaluate what you do every day. That's wasting your time because I was for months. I don't have it here anymore. I was going to show it to you, but I, I had this scanner on my desk. It was this old, old scanner that I had bought at like EPC, which is like this, like, computer store that you buy old used computers. And I bought this cheap like five bastard. years ago. What's you, that? You cheap bastard. I know. It was, it was like, I don't know. I'm cheap. I ironed a patch onto my jeans this morning. Cause I, I don't want to throw away my jeans. <laughs> I don't, I don't think people realize how frugal I am, but anyways, back to my point. I, so I, I, was, I had to, with this old scanner, I had to go plug a USB into it, scan the paperwork, unplug the USB, and then plug it into my computer and then upload it to Google Drive so it can be coded and then dealt with by the, the, the VAs. And I just got sick last week. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go actually spend money on, the, on a nice scanner because everyone else has, in, the, in the firm has a nice scanner. I don't. And so it, now I'll just like put a little sheet in the, in the, in the scanner, goes straight to Google drive. And then that's gets coded and puts in the, put in the files and dealt with by VAs. Um, so my point is, you know, just reassess what's going on. Like what, what may be killing your time and then fill in that process and make it better. Um, and I, it's something I should have done a long time ago, especially with all the technology that we use in our firm. I should have done something different with that a long time ago. So that's my point. All right, man, 
Thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been really, really good. Thanks for being vulnerable with us. I, that, that's awesome. I have, I have a newfound respect for you. Uh, and so thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.